0: Before beginning this episode, I would like to include a little content warning. In this episode, we mention sexual assault, domestic violence, grooming, sexualization of minors, and revenge porn. Please listen at your own discretion.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Biting the Hand podcast with your co-hosts, Max and Julia. Join us as we discuss queer media, media with queer subtext, and media adopted by the queer community. We discuss movies, television, and music, as well as larger trends in the entertainment industry. Join us as we discuss things that are otherwise considered biting the hand that feeds us. But we ask, what happens if we do? Thank you for listening to Biting the Hand. Our discussion on Lady Gaga's debut album, The Fame, went so long that we broke it up into two parts. Right now, you're listening to part one, and very shortly, we will be releasing part 2. Our first part is about a cultural context, the history of fame culture, paparazzi culture, and the cultural landscape. Part 2, we will talk about Lady Gaga's origins as an artist, and go more in depth with the tracklist of the fame. Without further ado, let us get into the episode. Part 1 of Lady Gaga's The Fame. Enjoy! Wow! Back again! Just when, <laughs> Just when you thought you got rid of us, we're back!
0: Back at it again at the Krispy Kreme. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that meme. That meme? That Vine? Whatever so we're still talking about like well we're it's it's almost in the same vein as montero like the devils
1: <laughs> oh it totally
0: is because like um faustian shit
1: yeah and you know uh, the whole idea of public scrutiny yeah it's a uh, very it's the
0: whole thing
1: so yeah we should introduce ourselves in the beginning this time <laughs>
0: Did you have to edit it in the front? Yes. I'm Nax. I am a troublemaker. <laughs> uh, I'm a Russian peasant woman, apparently, now. <laughs> and um, I like uh, Hollywood. I like talking about like old Hollywood stuff and theology. And I love Lady Gaga. <laughs> I've always loved Lady Gaga. I've never stopped loving her. Uh, I go by they, she.
1: Uh, and I'm Julia, reporting live from Lady Gaga's purple teacup. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, so my name is Julia. I use she, her pronouns. Uh, uh, Lady Gaga turned me gay. <laughs>
0: oh, for sure. For
1: sure. For
0: sure. I had a shirt that I got at a Hot Topic when I was a teenager. And it said, I love Lady Gay Gay. And it was too big for me, and I didn't know what to do with it. And I was afraid to wear it at school because I lived in Republican, Arizona. And I had to wear it at home in secret and hide it from my father.
1: Yeah, I got (laughs) a uh, Born This Way shirt. But it was like a really gross gray and like totally just like... It was that type of cotton shirt where it's like kind of cotton. Hi, Laszlo. My dog Laszlo is in my lap, by the way. So apologies if there's any. uh, Yeah, apologies if there's any grumbling and uh, fussing. But yeah, so today we're talking about Lady Gaga's first studio album. The fame! fame.
0: Ah. (laughs) We live for the fame!
1: (laughs) Doing it for the fame! When did her first track- This is like so silly, like, that I'm literally just looking this up now. I feel like such a good researcher.
0: (laughs) I mean, there was lots of research. Like, I got pretty into it and then was like, oh man, I don't even know where I'm gonna begin. Like, I- I rented that textbook, that Gaga mm-hmm. studies textbook, because I was like, "Oh my God, there's a Gaga studies textbook!" And it turns out there's a few of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I was like, "Yeah," and it's literally called like Lady Gaga and the, the uh, sociology, sociology of the Fame of the Fame. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I remember in I want to say it was like t- 2012 or 2011. Um, there was uh, a big news story about a college professor teaching a uh, sociology class at the college mm-hmm. level uh, about Lady Gaga. And a lot of people are like, oh, lol, like, what's next? They're gonna have a college class on, like, Game of Thrones or something. And it's like, well, they already do. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> I <was> like, yeah, <laughs> um, that's... Yeah. The people who, like dismissed it, obviously don't understand what Lady Gaga was saying with the fame. And I think to this day, there's a lot of people who take it really surface level. Um, Surprise, surprise, our society loves surface level critiques of media.
0: Uh, It's so annoying. YouTube boy, I'm looking at you. (laughs) Yeah,
1: um, I'm not going to name any names, but someone literally said that lady gaga was inspired by the art pop movement founded by andy warhol and i'm like there are a million things wrong with that statement like <laughs> a it's not called God. art pop it's called pop art andy Warf- <laughs> warhol did not invent pop art like
0: <laughs> what
1: like, it's
0: just like literally ignoring like art history which is like the foundation of what you're trying to talk about and you're i Just I just I cringe. Anytime I watch like any kind of YouTube video that's like, this is a deep dive lore video and I'm like, And it's literally seven minutes
1: long and (laughs) half of it is like introduction and conclusion. So it's like most of it is literally just saying like Lady Gaga talks about fame and it's like (laughs) yes. Congratulations. Wow. You really uh, dug deep on that one. Yeah, so Just Dance. I'm Just really Dance was the first okay. single, right? Yes, Just Dance was the first single. It was released April 8th, 2008.
0: So, that was the first one I heard. Yeah, was that the first I, one you heard, too? Honestly, I think... The first song I
1: heard was Poker Face. Okay. Oh, wait.
0: Yeah, I think actually the first song I heard was Poker Face. I scratched that.
1: Yeah, because I remember, um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I had heard um, Just Dance, and I wasn't really, I was just like, oh, like, cool song. Because, like, let me do the math. How old was I in 2008? This is, like, so dumb, but. (laughs) I was, like,
0: 15. I was, like, 15. 15. I was in high school. I was, like, a sophomore in high school. I was, like, 15 or 16.
1: I was 11 when the song
0: was released. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, being such a... I was always a YouTube person as a kid. Mm-hmm. So, like, growing up on the internet is really weird. Um,
1: yeah, that, that could be that, its whole own episode, Oh, honestly. that could be,
0: like, a dissecting media growing up in different spaces it's so weird yeah. but youtube was like oh it functioned a lot differently and like a new music video would come up on the main page and i like oh what is this and i clicked on it and i was like lady gaga and i was like into watching her thing She it was like nothing i had ever really seen before in a pop star mm-hmm. or like maybe not nothing i have ever seen but it was like refreshing to me of how pop was at the time and I like I immediately I immediately like went to the comment section and everybody immediately was like talking about Lady Gaga as he they would be like oh he yeah, blah 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 and I do like about that but uh, yeah oh, that I was
1: definitely <laughs> 2008 was the era that people were calling Justin Bieber a lesbian and Lady mm-hmm. Gaga a hermaphrodite a term mm-hmm. that we no longer use and is very insensitive and we will not use for the rest of this podcast yeah but that is what people that is that the is word that were people saying. were using and she was bombarded with that word and that accusation which we'll talk about later yeah and i think that might come from that thing but i've seen photographs on stage and if you're well in i've got no idea where you're hiding it right. you know, but that is well not-
0: i do have a really big donkey dick <laughs> Can we, uh, we'll take the bit out and dub dub over the words "disco stick" there instead.
1: <laughs> let's let's transport back to two thousand eight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two thousand eight was right after Britney Spears' infamous uh, public meltdown and mental mm-hmm. health crisis. Um, and this was around the time, because it's really easy for us now to look back um, at the way people were talking in two thousand eight and be like, "Oh my gosh, that's so evil, that's so insensitive." But it's like people still people still talk this way about they young do. female celebrities.
0: They do, um, and they act like it's never been happening. They're just like right. Well, and it's interesting
1: <laughs> because that. Um, Whatever that documentary, uh, I think it's just called like Reframing
0: Britney or something like that. I don't know. Was it the YouTube one? No, it was um it was on There Hulu. was a lot of Britney documentaries that yeah, I watched recently. Um, I think <laughs> it was
1: like from the New York Times technically. Oh was it the New York Times
0: one? Yeah, yeah, yeah that one.
1: And in that documentary they used like the Monica Lewinsky scandal as like justification like because we were having a national conversation about sex and it's like okay a we have always wow. had a national conversation There's about always- sex what? um b i don't think that the Monica Lewinsky scandal um excuses asking a 16 year old if she's a virgin or not and if she plans on staying a virgin
0: these are two different like things i mean i mean it like if you want to talk about like if this like this isn't new like this has always been happening in hollywood right just look at
1: marilyn monroe and jfk
0: yeah like uh, i remember (laughs) our last last year when we did our our like our flashback like what movie do you remember this year yeah and i kept talking about that jane mansfield documentary yeah and i was like that whole thing was like a whole thing like people were obsessed with like a creating like a like mystical almost like curse around Mm -hmm. jane mansfield and how like how like titillating she is and like relating that to how like oh well like she died in this horrendous way and people are just like obsessed with this like destruction of uh mm-hmm. of, a, of a woman it's so fucking it's so well funny. and even more recently
1: um princess di lady diana yeah. uh princess of wales um so, just as like a, a disclaimer, I do not know that much about the royal family, I very I much either. try not to learn much about the royal family, because I, I would like it, to not. Yeah, um, and we'll kind of talk <laughs> about why, but um, it's a really, it's just, it's, it's a really fucked up uh, structure of fame. In a way that I think people don't really critique all that much. But Mm -hmm. um, Princess Diana, I mean, there was, like, this morbid fascination with her and Charles and, like, their marriage. And then, like, he cheated on her and then she cheated on him and then they... You know, got divorced, which, like, in the royal family <clears throat> doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and then it was kind of like, you know, then you have this spectacle of Princess Diana as, like, you know, the sexy woman who got away, and then people right. were... So people were really obsessed with her, A, because she was so much more personable than the rest of the royals.
0: More relatable to normal, everyday people. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah. she, was, she was just a little
1: bit more down-to-earth. Yeah. Um... And the rest of the royals kind of had this air of, like, I know I'm important and untouchable, and I know that I'm royal. Whereas Princess Diana was very much about, like, I'm going to go to an elder care facility, and I'm going to laugh with them, I'm going to talk with them, I'm going to go to a construction site in Australia and talk with these, like, half-naked construction dudes who are covered in dirt. Like, this was not a thing you would see the royals doing. And even to this day, you really don't see them doing that. Um, She's the princess. Right. And then, um, and then she very publicly was killed in a car accident that a lot of people, I'm not saying I'm not saying this is true or not, but a lot of people believe that it is the fault of the paparazzi
0: yeah so
1: um and that I mean she died in 97 so and, and she really marked the beginning of this voracious paparazzi culture in a way that yeah, we really hadn't seen before. Not saying that we didn't have paparazzi. And I feel were-
0: like even even the the like the fascination with how she died, like just like amplified people, just like oh, there's a lot of money to be made with pop pa- being a paparazzi. Like it seemed yeah. like after that happened, it was like there was more and more paparazzi. Like, like well, and
1: I think the thing that was really honestly disgusting was that you know, she gets in this horrible car accident and the, prop- the paparazzi are there and they're just right. taking pictures of her, like, as she's dying on the ground. So rough. And, like, there's a lot of conspiracy theories of whether or not, you know, someone intentionally sabotaged the right. driver just to get those photos and to be the people who are on the scene watching her right. die...
0: And like, There's kind of a weird, like, uh, a weird parallel between that and Jane Mansfield's death. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not with like paparazzi because I don't think there was no paparazzi, around they in the middle of nowhere. But almost but like. But it was the fascination. It was the fascination of like they both died in a car, and mm-hmm. like the fact that with Jane Mansfield in this documentary, they talk a lot about how like. In the media, cars were very new and affordable for just a regular old person to talk mm-hmm. about. So in the news, there were more and more car accidents in the news. Mm-hmm. So like the reason this was such a horrible thing was like, oh, this is a fear of like a new technology almost amplified with this celebrity die. Like if a mm-hmm. celebrity can die in a horrendous car accident, then like also your are like, you're also gonna die it's like just like reminding the public how like much right. time we have it, and well, like, so it's this, interesting yeah.
1: because like I feel like that has really shifted because mm-hmm. um you know and that it, it it's kind of you're still kind of viewing Jane Mansfield as a human yeah um, as we get into the 21st century with people like per Paris Hilton and Britney Spears, I mean these people are no longer humans.
0: Yeah, they're mannequins. They're
1: they are they themselves are a commodity. You yeah. know, they're they're not people, they are vehicles for stories about sex, stories about drugs, stories about being a bad parent, stories about being irresponsible, stories it's about always, being a bimbo, like it's
0: always like an in to blame like an individual. It's like the media wants to like blame an individual person and this has been around since since the beginning of Hollywood. Oh with, yeah, like, totally. The start of 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 the Hayes Code. Mm-hmm. Um, which we, (laughs) like the beginning of Hollywood is, is, is just like, this has always been happening in the twenties. Like a lot of these stars would be like, oh my God, these stars are always in the media. They're doing a lot of cocaine. They're partying. They're doing these wild things. And like, that was like fine to like make money off of like, oh, don't be like her. She's a Coke fiend. Don't be like her. She's, she's doing dope. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it would just kind of amplify more and more where, like, something terrible would happen. Like, somebody would get raped. And then it would be like, oh, wait a second. Then it was, like, this horrible, like, blaming of, like, an individual person where we have, like, these very scandalous things happening in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And then you get, like, a lot of, like, the one of the first suicides in Hollywood was Olive Thomas. Mm. Um, who was a child star. Mm-hmm. Of course, like all of these women were always child stars. Oh, yeah. It, like, started um, on, like, it started on Broadway of these women being very sexualized. Yeah, like, like J- Judy, very Judy Garland. Judy yeah, Garland's I a mean, very yeah.
1: uh, famous case. And, you know, even if it's not, you know, a tragic accident, it's, you know, like Judy Garland or Marilyn Monroe where it's is it, is it an accidental overdose or is it just an overdose with several layers of apathy and feeling like yeah. your life isn't your own? So it's kind of yeah. like, you know, whether it's by your hand, by the hand of, you know, a, a crazed person who... Thinks that they own you, or mm-hmm. you know your manager or a director. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, no matter who it is, it's like as soon as you become famous, it's like the beginning of you know a a a stop put a stopwatch timer you know whatever stopwatch um, yeah 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 it's, it's you know, oh, it's
0: here it goes you're right we go. it's like <laughs> okay it's always like, starting the fucking ride <laughs> right it's like okay
1: um you know it's the beginning and there's always an end to that cycle and the end to that
0: cycle is never good it's so it's so uh yeah it's like a never-ending thing so, so
1: i wanted to talk a little bit more about paris hilton just because but, uh, so she was
0: relevant at the time of the fame oh yeah totally of the lady
1: gaga of the fame right um but also because lady gaga went to the same uh high the school, school. Yeah. that paris and nicole hilton went to yeah so in her early career, um, you know, people would compare her to the Hiltons, uh, partially because, you know, okay, so she's blonde, she um, wears scandalous clothing, mm-hmm. um, she sings electronic music, which like, I don't know if anyone remembers, but... <laughs> <laughs> Paris <laughs> um, Hilton. Yeah, one t- at one time, Paris Hilton did um, sing a...
0: electro pop everybody hated it but like it was like such like a thing like oh paris hilton has an album like it was like kind
1: of a bop it's 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 one of those things where it's like it's bad but because it's bad, you love it? Have you
0: seen Repo the Genetic Opera? (laughs) No,
1: but I know Paris Hilton is in it. Oh my, Um, you know
0: what? I love that movie, and I love Paris Hilton in that movie. I don't know how they got all these people in this movie, but Paris Hilton doesn't lie. She's like, I'm playing myself. My life sucks. My daddy sucks. Everything sucks. And I'm like, yeah, bitch, get it. (laughs) So,
1: um... In her recent YouTube documentary, Paris Hilton talks about how her parents were very controlling and abusive towards her in that um, they set these expectations for her. And when she started finally like having freedom and, you know, she found freedom in clubbing in the nightlife scene and her parents... Um, reacted by throwing her into a you know boarding school for troubled teens and um, it's honestly really relevant to this day because um, uh, Danielle Brigoli of Cash Me Outside fame um, she has recently come out about um, Turnabout Ranch which she was yeah. sent to uh, thanks to the Dr. Phil show and it's another one of these you know send your kid away to some place in utah or you know montana or whatever and there's this whole industry um and i think she even called it like the troubled teen industry
0: yeah it is it's a troubled teen industry it's like Doctor Phil too. And it's, he literally, loves it's getting... literally
1: just like verbal abuse, physical abuse, yeah. mental abuse, like you know
0: We'll um, help fix you. Here yeah, well at like, the troubled teen TM and university. Paris talks about how like well so they literally kidnap you
1: in the night and no one yeah. tells you what's going on. So you think you're being kidnapped until you see your parents and they're just kind of like standing there and you're like, What the fuck yeah. is going on? And, I mean, it's just, you know, honestly horrific. And so it, it makes sense that Paris would turn around and say, okay, listen, I am going to make so much money that I never have to be under my parents' thumb ever again. Yeah. And so a lot of people took that as, like... Um, you know, carte blanche to just exploit her because it's like, oh, look, right. she wants to be exploited. Right. And it's like, yes, but no. Like, there's a difference between, like, going to a place where you know paparazzi will be in and sitting in your car with your friend Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears in front of a club and, like, taking selfies. Um, hot. Before selfies were a thing. Right. Paris Hulton was the original selfie-er, um and you know selling an unconsensual sex tape in which Paris Hilton doesn't know that she's being filmed right and is like literal revenge porn it's so fucked
0: like that's not the same it's almost like her existence isn't is like she has no way to freedom just by existing the way she's existing. Yeah. So she's trying to find a way to freedom, which doesn't really exist, to, like, the point where you keep being exploited more and more. So it's like... hmm Well, why wouldn't she make the decisions that she's making? You can't... It's like the de- It's You're in a death cult. You can't... Mm-hmm. Well, how kinda, the fuck are you gonna get out of it? You die, or She kind of also
1: talks about huh? how she would, I don't know, allow herself to be in relationships with people who are physically and verbally abusive towards her because, mm-hmm. um, you know, she doesn't really have genuine people in her life. So right. she was just looking for some sort of genuine connection, even if it's someone who is horrible to you It's kind of like, oh, well, um, you know, the cycle of abuse and the way that abusers manipulate um, their victims is to, you know, make them believe that, you know, without them, I am unlovable and that when they hurt me, it's showing me that they care. Um, Right which we're gonna kind of talk about a little bit later but yeah so yeah.
0: um comparing her to gaga
1: yeah um so yeah the fame culture in the early 2000s was kind of interrupted almost by the great recession in 2008 yeah uh, fall of 2008 so It's very interesting that you have this, um, you know, opulence culture that's kind of left over from the 80s. Yeah. Because, you know, the 80s was, you know, Reaganomics. We're living in a time when um, commercialism is embraced and, you know, we're all about capitalism and, like, who can show off that they have the most wealth Opulence. and you still kind so of had opulent. that yeah because like then in the 90s you kind of have hip-hop culture kind of being introduced mm-hmm. and um you know people like Dapper Dan really um yeah embracing this idea of luxury and excess but then that kind of almost gets T-boned by the Great Recession and this bursting yeah. of the housing bubble. Yeah. So it's it's almost appropriate that, you know, Gaga released, um, you know, started releasing her music and started gaining fame while the Great Recession
0: is hitting. It's almost it like... It was like the right moment. Just like... Just very. Like- perfect moment
1: (laughs) yeah so it's kind of like at that point we're kind of coming to this time where we know we can't have those things and we know that those things are wrong or we're being told that those things are wrong like we're being told that um, Paris Hilton is vapid and she's a bimbo and there's like this infamous picture of her Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears don't be like a...
0: her don't be a millennial with your avocado toast well like there's a picture
1: of the three of them in their like in the Range Rover or whatever yeah and it's, yeah. it's infamously titled the summit of bimbos And it's funny because now, like, we're really like reclaiming the word bimbo and like,
0: bimbos. um,
1: It's it's always interesting. Yeah, it's always interesting to me, like the cycle of when we reject opulence and when we accept it, and how that coincides with um, the general economic status um, of America specifically. I'm not talking about the entire world. We're only talking about America. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, um, amidst all of this, you know, conversation about people like Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian, because, so, Paris Hilton's sex tape was released without her consent, it was filmed without her consent, and she did not make a single dollar Yeah. on, on the, uh, release of her sex tape, the... Um, because her ex boyfriend was selling it, and right. made like a decent amount of money, and she sued him, and eventually she won, but still never saw a cent from it. Whereas yeah. Kim Kardashian, you know, she she was fully aware that this was being filmed. You know, she, and then, I mean, there's it's kind of. Hazy. There are rumors that it was actually her mom who released it. I don't know. I'm, I oh, I'm no I, I know Kardashian so I'm a not going to pretend. Yeah, yeah. But it was sold through Vivid Entertainment, a porn company. So, Ugh. porn companies are
0: hideous.
1: Oh yeah, but it's it's very interesting.
0: <laughs> it's very
1: interesting that. You know, people saw this as, like, even though they saw this as, like, a shameful thing, and Paris Hilton got slut-shamed till, I mean, till this day. Yeah, She's still the punchline of jokes, as is Britney when it comes to her mental breakdown and shaving her head. Yeah. Um, But it still did get her a huge amount of attention. And so it's very interesting to see. She kind of, like,
0: took that and ran with it.
1: Right, and, and yeah, it's just, uh, it's very strange to think about, you know, n- um, Paris's situation in contrast to Kim Kardashian's situation, because a lot of people were like, oh, Kim Kardashian is just like some nobody who wants to be famous, and it's just kind of like, <laughs> yes and no
0: yeah it's kind of like this is kind of always how this has worked like where have you been (laughs) it's interesting like the early
1: 2000s fame culture contrasted with our current fame culture of influencers um and how it really is very different because in 2000 different in 2008 i mean there was myspace but you weren't Going to log onto MySpace and expect Britney Spears to start a live video, right? Like whereas now, like you know, you can go on to Taylor Swift's Instagram and she'll start an Instagram live video, and you can. I type feel like
0: and yeah, I feel like the first kind of like it was like MySpace. And then I think Twitter was kind of the one that was like one of the first ones where like you could have a Twitter and you mm-hmm. could interact with people. Cause I know Brittany had a Twitter. I don't know if she ran her Twitter, but I definitely call oh, Because <laughs> I think by the didn't. time
1: I think by the time Twitter came around and she was on it, like she was already in the depths of the conservatorship. So yeah,
0: that was like the time where Brittany had like fallen and Gaga had kind of like taken over but I was still like Britney! (laughs) Like following Britney on Twitter!
1: (laughs) I I think there is a lot to be said about Lady Gaga's impact on this idea of influencer culture because Mm -hmm. I mean she was doing vlogs of herself on tour like there's this famous or well if you're a Gaga fan it's a famous clip of her in like Hmm. I don't know where she is, but she she has, like, this camera and she's like, where am I? Where am I? <laughs> and she's like, she turns around and shows, like, this horse statue and she's like, I want to hang out with that I horse I want to go hang later. out with that horse later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it's like, that's it, like. I love that shit. But yeah. I finding, like, uh, Gaga fans on YouTube. I remember I found this really old Gaga fan on YouTube. And they were like a stand. they were like i've been here since the beginning they were really proud of it and they had some old videos of yes. really old shows and i was like wow i've stumbled on something and i mm-hmm. will never be able to find it again but it was i was like this is a this is some special something special is happening here <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah so we should also say that 2008 the landscape was very singer-songwriter it was mm-hmm. very like we're not doing pop, we're doing, like, the coffee house, like, indie, quote-unquote, but not really.
0: Yeah, it's not really indie, it's, like, synthesized indie. It's, like, made, mm-hmm. to, almost like Lana, how Lana Del Rey was kind of manufactured to look indie pre-that.
1: Yeah, yeah, so let's just go into the track list. Woo-hoo. so... Uh, we start the album with her first single, which is Just Dance. Yes. One of Lady Gaga's biggest, like, tenants at this time was that mm-hmm. pop music is not low-brow. Yes. And, um, there is a lot of power in pop music, um, you yeah. know. Pop music is really the only genre that focuses on music that makes you feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not that other music doesn't have that, but pop is really specific. It's in how... made to
0: make you feel good. That's why it's pop music.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so, like, Just Dance is, like, the epitome of that. It's like, yeah. listen, you might have a lot of shit going on in your life, but take this... How long is the song? Yeah, the f- Just Dance is four minutes long. So it's seriously just like, listen, take this four minutes and Just Dance. Everything's gonna be okay. You're just gonna... You
0: know. Pop music is kind of like the like the the what what is that Karl Marx religion is the opium of the people like yeah. it's like the it's like the pop music is that it's like the cocaine of the it's like oh man just dance it's okay just mm-hmm. dance it'll be okay escapism <laughs> yeah escapism I like Love Game a little bit better I than Just too.
1: Dance because it is. It is kind of, like, starting her commentary on Mm -hmm. fame and how, you know, fame and love and uh, sex are just a game. She's, like, intertwining
0: them together, like, do you want love or do you want fame? It's just a game. (laughs) Right,
1: and, like, how for a lot of women in the pop culture industry... They have to bargain their sexuality in order to proceed, you know, with their career. And, you know, going back to someone like Judy Garland, you know, these young actresses who were basically at the mercy of their handlers, and sometimes those handlers were sexually abusive. And, um... You know, it's it's like a spin on that. It's it's not necessarily saying that like, oh, you know, women are so you know the incel shit of like women are so duplicitous right. and they know that, you know, but it's it's more of like again, yeah, it's just it's like kind a of mirror. stating it's the like, like
0: what is true. Like this is yeah, it's a mirror. It's like this is what is literally happening. Like we have to like we're like forced to play this maze, this this game. It's really fucked. Should we talk about
1: disco stick? Oh my (laughs) god. Okay.
0: I (laughs) have...
1: In my brain, the the light-up rock candy disco stick is the heterosexual desexing stick. Oh! Did I just blow your mind there?
0: (laughs) Oh! It is! It is! It is! What do you got there, Gaga? It's my, it's my disco stick. And they're like, what is that? What is the disco stick? He's like, you know, it's her scepter. It's like, bonk.
1: (laughs) And (laughs) it's funny because like, and, and even like when these songs came out like people were like oh you know tr- stop trying to make it sexual it's not sexual and it's like no it, it is, is sexual. sexual
0: don't do that and it's That's funny
1: because like they be sexy they funk yeah so and then there's this interview this early interview where like this guy asks her like so are you scared that uh,
0: having sexual references can kind it of undermine the music because the sex- sexual references uh, I'm
1: not scared. Are you scared?
0: I'm not scared. Are you scared? No. <laughs> Cause I'm not scared. <laughs> and, and that's what I she goes on. I put the sexual references there for a reason. Well, and then
1: she goes on and she says her famous line, like. You see, you know, if I was
0: a guy and I was sitting here with a cigarette in my hand, grabbing my crotch, and talking about how I make music because I love fast cars and fucking girls. You'd call me a rock star. But when I do it in my music and in my videos, because I'm a female, because I make pop music, you are judgmental. And you say that it is uh, um, distracting. Yeah. I'm
1: just a rock star. And so it's like, it's just because I'm a woman and I make pop music that you're policing my sexuality. And it's true. It's true. And especially coming off the heels of Britney Spears and how um, she was marketed as like,
0: you know, the baby sex symbol and, and she, yeah, she was. There's like a, there's like a photo, that photo shoot of her in Rolling Stone that always like haunt it, it haunted me actually like i didn't realize how much britney spears was ingrained in my brain as a kid because my parents were like you shouldn't listen to her blah blah, blah she's bad as like this moral way to be like don't be like britney spears so it's like the public mm-hmm. wants a girl like that to be around for your exactly. parents to be like you can't be like britney spears where i'm like wait a second wait a second but why Are they taking pictures of this underage girl in her underwear? Why is she so sexy in front of Mm -hmm. her, like, stuffed animals? Like, I was always like, this, something else is going on here. (laughs) Like, this is fucked
1: up. Even when she was, like, an adult, because she did Mm -hmm. become famous when she was a child. Yeah. A minor. And they put her in a sexy schoolgirl outfit for her debut single. And is, like, dancing sexily. And it's like, you you got like.
0: Uh, uh, I think yeah. there's even <laughs> like like an interview with her where she's like, I practiced. I think it, I think it was with that song, Baby One More Time, where she's like, I practiced that song all night long, and mm-hmm. she was trying. the The interview was really weird. Like, uh, and I could be wrong because I don't remember exactly. But she was, like, saying how she practiced this song all night long and how she tried to make her voice sound as sexy as possible. This little girl being like, I had to make my voice sound as sexy as possible. Well, and
1: then there's this whole thing about, like, you know, she has a very naturally low voice. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And they made her adjust her voice into that baby voice. Yeah. And they would alter her vocals. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Um <laughs> uh, it's not Britney's fault.
1: <laughs> like what do we have next? Um oh third, we have paparazzi. my personal favorite song on the whole album, we
0: paparazzi. Did you like Lindsay Lohan? Yes. So did you, did you buy? I had her like solo album. Are are you about
1: the, to? Are you about to talk rum- to me about rumors?
0: Rumors. <laughs> yes. I'm sick of rumors starting. I'm okay, sick of okay. being followed. Okay.
1: Okay. So <laughs> this season I, of Drag Race. It's like okay first episode you're lip syncing and one of you is going home but they don't actually go home but whatever right 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 uh, Gottmik is the first trans man on Drag Race Cole, Cole. and the lip sync song that Gottmik did is "Rumor," <laughs> <I laughs> and it's so good word. too it's like oh. so good it's like how did... it's
0: a bop it's yes a... I'm sick of being followed
1: <laughs> Yeah, so um, paparazzi. 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 paparazzi So I watched this little documentary about the origins of paparazzi So Everyone knows paparazzi is a portmanteau of a paparazzo, which paparazzi. is um, mosquitoes and, um, oh, I forgot the other word, but it's, like, something Razi. Oh, oh, it's the, um, I, I think it's just the, the, Razzi is, like, the, um, the flashes. The flash. Yeah, so, the term paparazzi comes from, uh, Federico Fellini's film La Dolce Vita, um, based in Italy, so... Uh, paparazzo is Italian. Um, you know, it's an Italian word. Lady Gaga is Italian. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, she says it in every single. Uh, well, I'm a
0: New York Italian. I'm just a, a Italian girl from New York. I'm an Italian girl from New York. She's just an Italian girl from New York. The a young Italian American girl from New York. Out. I'm Italian. Yeah, Roman Catholic. We'll, Italian we'll, we'll talk about that later. Her name but... is Stephanie Germanata. Yeah. Um, Paparazzi? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, it's interesting because they were talking about, like, the genre of paparazzi photography and how, like, there's this whole subgenre of people in cars. Yeah. And then you get these different levels of, like, the window is up and you get the rain on the window or you get, like, you know, a reflection of the person, you know, the photographer in the window. And, um... It's interesting because for the paparazzi music video, she has almost like every single, like genre of paparazzi photo
0: in the
1: video in the video so like there's oh. yeah and and like i i didn't even realize it cuz i knew that it was like oh, okay you know they have the guy with the telephoto lens from like way far away like photographing her and Alexander Skarsgård on um, the balcony right um then they have like the guys up close, like you know, right up next to her, and like that's another whole subgenre. Then there's like
0: um... the different types of paparazzi that exist. Yeah, it's, it's like a they real... have all their equipment. yeah, it's like a thing. Yeah,
1: there's like a there's like a huge distinction between um, you know the old paparazzi and the new paparazzi with the um, telephoto lens and digital photography. Um, yeah. And digital cameras. There are people who do legitimate studies in art about paparazzi
0: photography.
1: It's real. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that like when people are too surface level about pop culture, when they're like, "Why would you study that? Why would you do that?" That's surface level. It's kind of like this it's like ignoring that like these kinds of things no matter how surface level they seem are a huge part of our culture and like ignoring that is just being like anti-intellectual about how I mean it is silly paparazzi is silly it shouldn't exist but like if you don't analyze why they exist then you're like delegitimizing like well, and pop it's culture existing.
1: Yeah, and um, obviously she talks more about it in art pop, but um, yes. Lady Gaga's whole um, thesis as a performer is that um, life imitates art, imitates life. Yes, it's true. And <laughs> that basically. Uh, Especially now, like, when we live in a very heavily mediated society. Um, Mediated as in we operate in our lives based on what we see in the media. So, you know, there are moments of our lives that are unmediated. And those are the parts that we don't really talk about, even though, like, it's very is a very real part of our life like uh one of the most interesting unmediated mediated parts of our lives is the bathroom Ooh. and it's interesting because um I, I i could literally talk about that for hours but um <laughs> back to lady gaga um <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I was thinking of a DeAnt words video where Yolandi is sitting. Yeah, they suck, but like, there's a video where she's like sitting on the toilet, and I just am like,
1: yeah. This this paparazzi documentary had um, this one woman who is a photographer. She's an artist who uses celebrity lookalikes, mainly the royal family and she has this very famous photo of a body double of the queen sitting on the toilet with her skirt down holding a newspaper and it's like so iconic but wow. it, it's it's interesting too because it's like you know she she's doing that and she's kind of like addressing the whole this whole idea of like we want to see like the human parts of these celebrities yeah. but in that pursuit we're dehumanizing them yeah. And that, um it's interesting because you know she talks about you know uh some celebrities they might see my pictures and be really unhappy but you know it's not about them it's about you know how we view them and it's like okay but you're literally just dehumanizing them in the way that you're critiquing like you're not viewing (laughs) them as people with actual lives
0: like yeah you're even like having a body double of them and like oh yeah it's like you're viewing them as
1: a fictional character
0: like a co- commodifiable like copy of like that you can copy and paste in. yeah, yeah. Wow. um
1: vmas so yeah. yeah so we should BMAs. talk about the celebrity death cult we kind of talked about it in the beginning um
0: yeah. but celebrity death cult.
1: yeah so One of the things about our society is that we love to build people up. We love the rags to riches, but once they get rich, we love to see the rich and powerful fall.
0: Crumble.
1: And we're almost rooting for their fall. Yeah. So, um, it's very interesting because, like, so, as someone who is a fan of Nirvana... It's very annoying how much people do not, how, how much of the Nirvana fandom is so obsessed with did Courtney Love kill Kurt Cobain, you know, is this some sort of conspiracy theory, blah, 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 you know, they're so I focused on his death.
0: I can't, I've seen some, because I'm like, you know, I'm in, I've always been around like classic rock fandom around there. And anytime I get around any Nirvana fans, I can't. Like, I can't talk to them. Well, and it's people. interesting
1: because, like, so many Nirvana fans are so obsessed with talking about how crazy and evil Courtney Love is. And it's like, do you listen to Kurt Cobain's music where he talks about how people dehumanize women and view them as bags of meat to harass and abuse? you know project their own personal issues on
0: (laughs) clearly they don't and it's funny because like nirvana
1: even has a song in bloom where -hmm. they talk about people who listen to their music and just like you know they they like to sing along and just like to sing along yeah don't know what it means. That's like literally the chorus.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's literally, there's literally, so one of my favorite movies of all time is Phantom of the Paradise Um, and there's a line where it's it's Faust Mm -hmm. and there's a line where um, they're trying to find the right voice to sing this music and when they find Beef, who is a like, your classic uh, like, sleazy, glam rock kind of guy, he's, like, looking at the song, he's like, well, this is a chick song. Something he's... bothering you, Beef? Swan, this was scored for a chick. I'm not doing it in drag. You can sing it better than any bitch. Doesn't that kind of change the whole thing? You heard what he said, make it yours. As long as it sounds good, nobody's gonna care what it's about. Is that so? Nobody cares what anything's about. Is that right? Who the hell listens to lyrics anyway? And I was like, wow. wow. Thank you, 1970s.
1: Do you want to talk about uh, what was the David Bowie song? Oh, Fame? No, 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 no. Um, oh, rock stars. Death of a I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know anything about David <laughs> Bowie.
0: It's cool. It's It's actually better if you don't know anything about David Bowie. Um, Wow. Um, It's from Ziggy Stardust, the Mm -hmm. rise and fall of, you know, Ziggy Stardust, the rise and fall. We like to see celebrities fall. Um, The song Rock and Roll Suicide.
1: Rock and Roll Suicide, yeah. Where...
0: A lot of people and a lot of fans like to say, and and this was me too at the time when I was a fan, where, like, when you listen to the song, you feel as though that you're being spoken to, as like, he's speaking to you, you're not alone, give me your hand, you're wonderful. He's kind of like trying to uh, give life to uh, somebody who's thinking about. Suicide, But in reality, the song is not about the audience at all. <laughs> and I think the audience is kind of bamboozled by that when I tell them, this song is not about you, honey. This song is about rock musicians in general. Um, when he uh, sings this song in one performance, I think it's on the Ziggy Stardust tour, he puts up a lot of photos of rock stars who have died early. Like at the time, it was like Janis Joplin and um jimmy hendrix and people like yeah yeah and people like that and so it was like this look at these and it's it's creating this like iconography of like suicide where it's like look at these people where david bowie's whole thing is kind of like being comfortable with your nihilism and your your dep- <laughs> your depression i we're not gonna talk about david bowie right now but like like kind of showing these things as Whoa. like almost like a warning, like don't be like these kind of people. <laughs> right.
1: Well, and the only reason I want to talk about it is because Lady Gaga is a very big self-admitted David Bowie yes. fan, so I think it definitely has informed oh, it's, a lot of her work. It, yeah, it has for sure. Especially with paparazzi. So, um, we're gonna focus on the 2009 VMAs performance, which is like. So fucking iconic, like uh, that sold like me. Pe- people who who like who who like Lady Gaga now and have only found her after you know post art pop. Right. You know, um, Joanne, Chromatica, mm-hmm. uh, Cheek to Cheek, but nobody listened to Cheek to Cheek except for me. <laughs> 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 I love. <laughs> I will I will fight anyone who says that cheek to cheek was a throwaway album. Oh, because that's you can tell yeah. Lady Gaga is living her fucking life on yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, um, wow. <laughs> um, I feel like, like new Lady Gaga fans, like they have no idea how crazy she really went with her performances, and her two thousand eight or two thousand nine VMA's performance of Paparazzi is like a perfect example of that. Yeah. it's like. Uh, it's both performance art and performance.
0: Yeah. Like, even, like, her, her whole thing is, like, her stepping off onto the red carpet is a part of her performance to when she sits down back in her seat after her stage performance. Where, like, with paparazzi, she's, like, dressed a certain way afterwards. The whole thing Mm -hmm. is a part of the performance.
1: (laughs) But in the, uh, the the 2010 VMA Music Awards of, she was on the red carpet, you know, in this uh very beautiful, but, you know, relatively tame for the things that Gaga was wearing. Um, I want to say it was like a McQueen dress. Yeah. And of course. she was on the red carpet with four gay veterans who had been discharged under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Oh, right, right, right. And then when she came on stage wearing the meat dress, it... So it's both hearkening back to performance art. Like, there's this, um, there's this performance artist who made a meat dress, and it's very similar, mm-hmm. and it's part of this performance art movement called Venitas, which is about, um, it's like Memento Mori. Right, it's right, like right. reminding us of death. Yes. And so it was kind of equating, um, fame to... You know meat in that it's
0: fresh now but it's going to rot it's gonna it's gonna be stinky later <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: but also uh she used the meat dress at, i know this is like a total tangent we're gonna talk about the paparazzi performance again i swear um <laughs> uh the meat dress was also a metaphor for um equal rights mm-hmm. under the law mm-hmm. um and because at this time, uh, marriage equality was not federally institutionalized. Right, 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 you know? right. Um, and basically, and and don't ask, don't tell was still in full swing. Yes. Uh, basically, it was a commentary about. You know, she makes this analogy at this uh, speech, where she's talking about um, equal equality rights. Equality is the rib. prime rib of
0: America. But because I'm gay, I don't get to enjoy the greatest
1: cut of meat my country has to offer. And why shouldn't everyone have a cut of, prime of rib. that of that meat dress? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like why 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 should some starve while others get the prime rib? Right. So, yeah, um, let's go back to the paparazzi performance yes. because I have notes yes i have so many notes so um it starts the camera descends and she sings and she says amidst, amidst all of these flashing, flashing lights, lights i pray, pray the fame will take my life so already we're setting the scene.
0: foreshadowing yes
1: <laughs> and so the stage is her in this beautiful McQueen, like almost bunny headdress, half mask, yeah, lacy, like all white. You see, it's like a, a two staircases, um, like in a grand, you know, entrance way, and a chandelier that is on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, again, another beautiful metaphor, because it's like, here is this thing that is, can only be suspended for so long, and it's beautiful, but
0: eventually, gravity will take hold, and it will fall. <laughs> Capitalism crumbling, just being so, so breakable, so yep. uh, decadent.
1: Choreography is great, you know, the dancers, like, you can, you can see they're all really, like, performing to their... Like they're really putting their all into it. Yeah. And, um, Gaga is really interesting because she's basically been using the same dancers since the beginning. Right. Like, her dancers who were with her, you know, in Chromatica, in Rain On Me, and Stupid Love mm-hmm. were there during the fame, That's and some wild. of them performed at this performance, so... Wild. That's so cool. Yeah. And yeah, she's kept the same choreographer, Richie Jackson. He's very cool Then we get a moment where um,
0: She has like her um, One arm cane thing Yeah I I have a note from The, the book The Sociology mm-hmm. of Fame Where he says uh, It's inspired by uh, The death of Princess Diana Like going back to that Where um, she's walking on a medical cane Well I don't want to spoil Spoiler alert Yeah uh um, and she
1: starts <laughs> well and it's also like hearkening back to the music video there's yeah um very briefly the music video she gets pushed off of this ledge and then yeah. um the music video proper starts as she's getting out of a limo and like a full body cast right um, right right and she has those crutches yeah prop bringing it on and taking it off and, you know, taking off the mask and the cape, it's all so seamless. Yeah. Then we have her signature, um, putting the foot on the piano and playing at the piano and she's just manic and she's, like, tossing her hair and it's just, like... Well, and it's interesting, too, because it's, like, it's both performance and... Like the actual sound of her heel hitting the piano, right. like, right, is part of her playing the piano, and it, like, right. and then right. she gets up, and she has her arms outstretched, like, look at me, and then she yeah. starts bleeding, <sighs> and like, I, I love it because you can hear the people in the crowd audibly go like, Whoa. oh, like, what is that? They were
0: not it's- expecting blood to come yes. out of her. Yeah, I, when I first saw that I was like, now like, there's like shock rockers and these shocking kind of people. They have never been able to shock me <laughs> like that. No one, no one is as shocking as that. She just starts bleeding. Um, it's kind of
1: ambiguous of like, if she fell in the beginning and then is getting up and is just now
0: like realizing that she's bleeding. It- but like I, I when like she that. was on her crutches. She's been up too long maybe. Right. Like, right. What happened? Um, it's already been damaged.
1: Right, but I mean it is also kind of like the inevitability of, you know, the cycle of fame cultures that there's a rise and there's a fall and so right. you, you know there is an expiration date the minute you become famous. Yeah. And so it's almost like, a like Right. Well, and it's almost like she has met her expiration date and no matter how, she's dying. Yeah, um, well, and then, so, like, she, she crouches down, and she has, like, this, this famous photo of her, like, with her hand on her mouth, and she's, like, looking crazy, like, absolutely (laughs) deranged, and I love it, it only, it's, like, a very split second, but, of course, it is captured, and it lives forever. And it's just like, ah, uh, this is art, this is art. <laughs> so good. Um, Yeah, and so then um, she gets absorbed by her dance troupe, and um, they have blood on their hands, and so it's almost like a, you know, by watching, but you are an accomplice, you have blood on your hands by yeah. hoping that this person will have a downfall. By
0: working with them, even, you're like mm-hmm. a part of the system. You're doing... Yes. You're a um,
1: murderer. Yeah, and, she, you know, she adds a little bit more blood on her face. Gets bloodier and bloodier because, like, she's spreading it around. She's touching yeah, her face. Yeah, she's touched. Yeah, and then, you know, they hoist her up, and, like, you know, there's this big orchestral, like, build. And then you see her, like, she's, like, turning around, and then she throws the microphone on cue on cue like perfectly timed and it hits the ground perfectly and then you oh. just and then you just hear the the shutters the camera shutters the flashing and she's just like lying there lifeless with her hand and her little monster paw, just yeah. like looking totally lifeless with blood all over her and she's just hanging there and it's just so like yes this is art this is performance that's art, like. that's
0: when when i saw that i think i keep saying this but when i saw that i was like who are you? Like I was I like, was like
1: Who are this you? bitch. This is Who a smart bitch.
0: Who She's this staying is, around. This is my. This is this is this is me. Like this is I know what I like and it's whoever right. the fuck that is.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too because there is a lot of foreshadowing. You know, there's the pink streak in her hair. Yeah. There's the fact that the chandelier is already crashed. Yeah. You know, there's the part with um. You know the arm brace and the person in the wheelchair it's like
0: this isn't gonna go well for you and praying that the not, fame
1: won't take
0: your yeah, life this is not you're already faint. this is not gonna go well for you
1: <laughs> yeah and i was listening to this like little biography about her it's not an autobiography it's just a biography written a while ago right um and they said that like she stabbed herself and it's like, no. What? And then I've seen people who have, um, like, done reaction videos, and they think that, like, she got shot. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's the fame eating her from the inside out. It's,
0: wow. Yeah. It's like,
1: it's. You, I wonder
0: what, uh, there's a, have you seen Velvet Goldmine? No, but I need
1: to. Okay,
0: so bringing it back to deep. Um, This I hate biopics. And this is not a biopic in any way, shape, or form. It's still Mm -hmm. kind of like addressing um, David Bowie's whole persona of Ziggy Stardust in a way that's deconstructing it. Um, And the character, the fake character, Maxwell Demon, Mm -hmm. literally, like, gets shot on stage. And the whole thing, uh, like, the whole plot of the movie is, like, the mystery of what happened is the intriguing aspect of the artist. Like Mm -hmm. did he actually get shots? And it's like this, this, this mystery of fame culture of like this character of Ziggy Stardust is like, people were so shocked that David Bowie was like, that's it, I don't wanna do Ziggy Stardust anymore. And people still, when he was older, were like, "Where's Ziggy? Where's Ziggy? When's Ziggy coming back?" He's like, "He's like, he's dead. I killed he's him. Fucking dead, bitch!" <laughs> like, and it's like that is what makes people so like hungry. They're like, "What did you do with the character? What did you do with the character? You killed him. Why did you kill him? Did he get shot? Did he get? Did he get stabbed? What well, happened to Lady Gaga?" And it's interesting <laughs> who shot Candy Warhol. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, well, it's interesting too because like. It almost kind of brings to mind that like old adage of kill Mm -hmm. your darlings Mm -hmm. you know like as a creator you have to be able to detach yourself from your art and kill the art that you love she
0: stabbed herself (laughs) yeah Um, you know what i i have to bring this up (laughs) What I I feel like I like Danny Elfman because his whole thing is like, I'm already dead, I'm already decaying, you're gonna Mm. like my dead, stinky body right now as it is, and you're gonna eat it. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, You're gonna eat my dead old stinky body and you're gonna like it. Well, and it's funny
1: too, because like, this was her last performance in the fame era it was Mm -hmm. so she literally killed the fame she was killed by the fame and she killed the fame very interesting
0: wow yeah death of an arrow literally
1: thank you for listening to the first part of our analysis on lady gaga's the fame Join us soon for part two where we dive deeper into the origins of Lady Gaga as an artist and we go more in depth into each track of the album. Be on the lookout for episode two. Thank you.
0: An Italian girl from New York. There's a young Italian American girl from New York, Is it, I'm Italian from New York. Smoking. Good, a good Brooklyn Italian girl. Yeah, that's right. I'm from Brooklyn, I'm Italian. As a strong Italian female, I'm a man. Strong Italian woman. Yes, well, I'm an Italian woman. So, you know, I'm Italian and, you know. I'm from an Italian family. Uh, immigrant Italian family. Strong Italian family. Close Italian family. I'm from a good Italian family. Very traditional Italian. I'm Italian. <laughs> well, I'm Italian. I'm Italian, so. I'm just an Italian girl. I'm, an Italian, girl. I'm Italian. I'm,
1: Italian.
0: I'm an Italian. So I'm Italian. But I'm Italian. I'm i'm very italian i'm really italian actually actually. i'm
1: fully italian i'm italian thank you for listening to biting the hand if you enjoyed this episode please feel free to follow us on instagram at biting the hand twitter at biting the pod you can visit us on our website at bitingthehand.zone. You can find us, uh, if you really enjoyed us, you can uh, contribute on Patreon at BitingTheHandPodcast. Hand Podcast. And if there's anything you would like to see us explore in the future, you can feel free to email us at bitingthehandpod at gmail.com. Thank you. And come back
0: next week. that track.